This is George Takei. I played Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise. I hope you all enjoyed another week of listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, presented by my friend Rick Dosty. Star Trek, Star Wars fans out there, this is Treks in Sci-Fi for Sunday, July the 1st, 2007. Well, as you can tell from this opening music here, we're going to be covering a uh, rather excellent Star Trek Voyager episode on the show today. I think you'll all enjoy that. Uh, I've got a collectible, some news and information, and some contributions from uh, some of the usual suspects for Treks in Sci-Fi. This will be show 128. Did I say that yet? (laughs) So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Rico, and welcome to this week's podcast, Extravaganza. Hope everyone's had an enjoyable week. It's been a rather crazy, hectic week. I, I get the feeling sometimes each uh, time I sit down to do the podcast, I say that, uh, but it is true. It's uh, I'm in the midst of uh, visiting like all the local car dealerships and looking to uh, purchase it purchase and or lease well not and or i guess purchase or lease a new vehicle i've had uh, a really good car for for quite a few years about seven years now it's a uh, pontiac grand prix really enjoy the heck out of it uh, and it's still running rather well but uh it's starting to show a few little things that that make me think i might have to spend some money to get them fixed and it's got about one hundred and ten thousand miles on it so I thought uh, it was time to look around for a new vehicle. I, I think I've kind of settled on one, but I, I've got a few things still i got to check out about it. And may, may have something in the next week or so. I'll uh, probably, well, maybe next uh, weekend's podcast, I'll let everyone uh, in on that and, and let you know how that all worked out. Uh, but, you know, not really sci-fi related, but I always like to throw a little thing things out, what's going on with Rico besides, uh, you know, watching... Uh, reruns of 40 year old star trek episodes on tv so but thanks again for uh listening and tuning in today i think we're gonna have a great show well just to let everyone know uh the yeah the episode that we're gonna look at this week is from uh star trek voyager which uh which is a series that i've enjoyed quite a bit uh and still enjoy you know watching them on dvd and and reruns and that it, sometimes it's not necessarily the most favorite of the Star Trek series for a lot of people, but I, I think there's a lot of great stuff there. And the episode we're going to look at is from, I think it's, yeah, it's early in the third season of the show. It's an episode called Flashback, and this one features uh, Tuvok uh, primarily. Of course, the other characters are in there, but this is mainly a Tuvok story. And this is, of course, the episode that flashed back to Tuvok's time when he was aboard the USX excelsior say that five times fast the excelsior with of course captain sulu in the time around oh the the period of time that was shown in the sixth star trek movie in star trek six so that uh that's what we'll be looking at as far as the main topic and episode for the week uh got some audio clips from the show and we'll be going over that in a bit there's a on the Star Trek news front, uh, you know, rumors continue to swirl and 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 just kind of uh, you know wash up on the shores of the internet out there about the next Star Trek movie. They're uh, I think they're really trying to reassure everyone, the fans and non-fans, that this uh, this movie will be enjoyable for everyone. 
Again, uh, not a lot of concrete detail has been released yet. Uh, a lot of rumors and scuttlebutt still. The big again, uh, the big uh, time or the big thing that's supposed to happen, at least, been, has been reported in a few places, is that at the San Diego Comic Con, which is the, I believe, the last weekend of July, they're supposed to announce the the real details on the movie. This this will come right from the horse's mouth. J.J. Uh, Abrams. Well, I don't know if he's actually going to be there, but I would guess that he probably will be. I'm not sure on that. But at least somebody of some authority will be there to announce things like the exact sort of plot uh, to some degree. You know, they're not going to give everything away, but they'll give us some info. And the, the big thing is the cast. And once they announce the cast and who the, the characters they're playing, I think people will be able to kind of fill in the blanks after that. I, I still, again, continue to have very high hopes and think this is going to be a really good movie. I, I think the benefit, and you know, a side benefit that a lot of people aren't talking about, of course, or haven't said that much about, but, you know, when this movie comes out in uh, very late 2008, more than a year away still, you know, the Star Trek uh, hit will have been off the air, you know, Enterprise will have ended, uh, and, you know, it'll be about a, let me think, about a four-year or so span, I think, at that point. So, you know, there'll be, uh, I think there'll be some hunger out there for some new Star Trek, and, uh of course, uh, you know, we'll keep everyone informed and, and tell everyone when we hear uh, what's really going on in, in the news. I, I try not to report too much on the rumors except when they sound interesting. And also when when you hear them from multiple sources, you start to believe it a little bit. But the the, the thing from the writers that they've been saying is that this, this movie will be something that can be enjoyed again by by fans and non-fans, and they are really going to try to stay uh, and pay close attention to what's been established in Star Trek uh, history before. So we'll see how it turns out. And another bit of Star Trek news that I wanted to mention is uh, Gene Roddenberry was inducted into the Science Fiction Hall of Fame uh, just recently, and I wanted to point everyone over to StarTrek.com. Uh, one of the forum members, Christabel Amy Eulen, who's been on the podcast before, uh, she's written a few articles for Star Trek.com, and she was at the event that they did, uh, I believe it was in the Seattle area, uh, at the Science Fiction Museum there. And Will Wheaton was there, uh, Gene Roddenberry's son, Eugene Roddenberry uh, Jr. was there. And it sounds like it was a great time. And there is a couple of page article that uh, Amy wrote for Star Trek.com, like I said, that you uh, should all check out. It sounds really. Uh, like, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Will Wheaton had some great things to say. There was one comment I read in there where he said something like, uh, you know, he wished there was something like Star Trek on the air these days. And, you know, while uh, he, he said that uh, he wishes there was less 24 on the air and more Star Trek, which uh, I do enjoy the show 24, but I, I know what he was getting at, and I know what he means, and, and I, I understand the intention of that. It's, you know, the, the shows on TV are almost kind of overly real these days to some degree not that 24 is real but let me just say it's it's a little sometimes they hit a little too close to home of what's going on in the world and i think we need you know a series that gives us uh you know that look towards the future and that things can be better and there is there isn't really a lot out there i mean even some of the sci-fi that i enjoy like battlestar galactica is is not the the happiest and brightest of of things but you know, the TV, movies, books, even have all sort of—they all sort of reflect the times to a degree. But I, I think there is still definitely room for a new Star Trek series, and I think they—I uh, I, just—I uh, really think that will happen in the next few years. So uh, take a look at Amy's article. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Let's take a little break from the news and, and that kind of segment. And uh, I've got another uh, phone uh, message here from James Earl. He's talking about another a TV series that's back for the summer or will be back very soon. He's talking about that uh, show called Who Wants to Be a Superhero, which I never really caught that much of last year. But here's James with his report on that. Hello, Rico. This is James Earl once again. Uh, this week's show I want to talk about is Who Wants to Be a Superhero on Sci-Fi Channel, which is beginning its second season on July 26th. Uh, I really enjoyed this show last season. It was only on for six episodes, but it was really kind of funny. I-, I laughed a lot. It was just, it was really good. It's more of a comedy for me, but it is a reality show. Uh, it-, it was fun to watch these people uh, do these different tasks, uh, trying to be the best superhero, and seeing how it- it's a really new reality show because... 
he doesn't judge them. Uh, Stan Lee didn't judge them on how well they did in the thing. They, he judged them on their character and what they did to complete the task. So it, it was really interesting, and it really kind of looked into the people that were actually in the show rather than just how well they can perform a, uh, an activity. Uh, so that was really interesting. Uh, so I'm really kind of, I'm really looking forward to this new season. It has ten episodes, unlike the six episodes last year. So it'll be a little bit longer. So and also the two DVD set, if you missed it last year, is also out uh, from from last year's uh, season. So take a look at that. Also, the character who wins uh, gets a movie on Sci-Fi, which usually aren't that good, but I'm looking forward to it. And also a comic book. I believe, though I'm not sure, that the flat, the the guy who won uh, last year, Feedback, already has his comic out, number one, Feedback number one. And then, um, I'm not sure about that. And I also know that the movie that his character is going to star in, Mega Snake, is going to be on in July on Sci-Fi Channel. Like I said, uh, some of the Sci-Fi Channel movies aren't really that great, so I wouldn't really expect too much from it. But I'm going to watch it just to see that this char- what this character does, because I found his character quite interesting on last season, um, whether it's a good movie or not. Uh, but anyways, uh, I really enjoyed this series, and I hope you, uh, all like it, uh, and I'll be back next week with, uh, most likely one last show, and then I should be all done. I may do a couple more, but I believe that will be the last one, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Make sure to check out Who Wants to Be a Superhero on July 26th, and don't forget about the other shows I talked about, Kyle XY, which is currently on, Eureka, I forget the exact date that one's coming on. Uh, and then uh, Doctor Who, which is coming on July 6th uh, for the States um, on Sci-Fi Channel. Alrighty, see ya, bye. Thanks, James, for that report. Uh, yeah, I never caught last season's uh, Who Wants to Be a Superhero. I know a few friends of mine talked about it a little bit and mentioned it and said it was pretty funny. I've uh, Actually, I've seen uh, some of these people I, that at the uh, recent uh, Motor City Comic Con that I was at in May... Uh, some of these guys make appearances at these conventions and comic cons around the country during the summer and i don't know because i didn't watch last year's i don't know which one was there but there was i think one of the people that uh maybe it was the winner of the show i'm not sure but he was at this comic con and and yes we have some other shows coming up for the summer i really like how sci-fi does this you know that they have uh, new shows new episodes of things that come out during the summer when a lot of the other networks are either in reruns or or showing uh, different series, you know, trying new things out in the spring and summer and seeing kind of what sticks and what people like. But it is nice that the sci-fi shows new things like Eureka, uh, this uh, Who Wants to Be a Superhero, uh, Doctor Who Season 3, which is which is good. I'm really enjoying that, uh, getting that off the Internet uh, currently. And, uh, you know, some really good stuff, Kyle XY, which I still have to catch up on. So thanks a lot, uh, James, again, for your report. <laughs> All right, on the uh, on the Star Wars, or I should really call it the George Lucas uh, news front, uh, the biggest or most of the news that's going around is, you know, they are filming Indiana Jones 4. There's a little video that's showing up uh, from the set, uh, some pictures of Harrison Ford back in the hat. Uh, so that's, uh, that's probably the biggest thing going on for a Lucasfilm right now. Steven Spielberg directing. Of course, it'll be out next May. Uh, should be great. I, I, I just really have the utmost confidence in those guys to do a good movie. I, it's, I don't really think that they've uh, you know waited all this time and are going to create something that people won't enjoy. So I, I have uh, a big, big, big amount of confidence in that. So the, the other thing, though, I want to mention on the Star Wars front is that Star Wars Legacy Special, the Star Wars uh, The Legacy Revealed Special, that was shown on the History Channel a while back. Uh, it, just for those out listening who get the podcast pretty early when I release it, uh, they are going to show that again on July 2nd, which is tomorrow as I record this show at 8 p.m. on the History Channel. So that that show was really interesting, I found. It was one of the better Star Wars specials I've ever seen. You know, They related all the uh, things that George Lucas put into Star Wars as they relate to sort of uh, themes throughout mythology uh, and uh, Greek myths and, and Joseph Campbell's work on heroes and myth, and, and just really good and interesting stuff. And uh, it's uh, it's well worth watching. It was two hours long, and it's it's a good good special. Lots of cool clips from the movies and how they relate to to mythology, 
and the connections there and the father and son relationships and, and really classic themes that Star Wars is all about, how George Lucas took some very classic and uh, almost primal themes and created a, uh, put them into a futuristic setting. Uh, very, very uh, good special. I urge everyone to check that out on the History Channel. Okay, before we get into the the main topic, the episode of uh, Star Trek Voyager, I've got uh, one more clip here I want to play right now. This is another review uh, by our buddy The Duffster over at ReadMoreSciFi.com. This week, uh, he's got another Star Trek book review for us, so listen to The Duffster. Hey everyone, this is Duffster, and this is your Trek book review, brought to you by ReadMoreSciFi.com. Today's book we're going to review is called Planet of Judgment. It's another one of the early Star Trek novels by um, the wonderful author Joe Haldeman. If you don't know who he is, he wrote a fantastic book called Forever War. This uh, book was was published in August of 1977. Uh, This is actually one I had forgotten about. Um, As I'm going back through these old early Star Trek novels, uh, there's a few I remember vividly. this one, not so much, but rereading it, I really enjoyed it. it uh, it's a real good story about a rogue planet that gets found. Uh, the Enterprise beams down, a lot of the crew beams down, and uh, they their powers are ineffective. There's some <laughs> interesting wildlife on the planet. Uh, there's a really good story of <coughs> aliens involved in this, and very different type of aliens that uh, never seen before. And, uh, of course... My favorite thing about Trek books and Trek stories itself is uh, the interplay of the crew and uh, all the big parts of the crew. I mean, that the, the Kirk, Spock, McCoy trio have some really good meaty roles in this one. Um, it gets a little different in the end, and which a lot of these books do. But uh, um, Joe Holliman wrote a really sound science fiction story. I think uh, it's uh, these Star Trek books you can't think of as fantastic fiction but uh, this is a real good one and uh, you know you read it for the fun it's it's Star Trek it's a fun book so I'm going to give this one uh, 4 out of 5 Live Long and Prosperous uh, it's well worth a reread if you haven't if you've read it before or if you haven't uh, pick it up and give it a read so uh, all I got to say is this is Duffster and I got to remind you of course to uh, read more science fiction ta-ta Well, thanks, Duffster, for that uh, wonderful review again. Yeah, that was a book that I've read. I've still got it on my shelf. Uh, it's uh, definitely an early book. You know, they, I think Star Trek novels have become a little bit more sophisticated over the years. Some of these early ones were, were you know, they go to the planet and, and, and something happens, and, and then that's that's where they, they set the whole uh, story at. Unlike, like, I'm reading some of the Titan series, which is uh, the adventures of... Uh, Captain Riker and Troy on the new Starship Titan that he took command of, kind of post-Star Trek Nemesis. And, you know, these guys, are, they're getting thrown across the galaxy, and they're involved with a lot of other species, and, and really uh, a lot more complex, I, I feel, than, than some of those early books. And there's a lot to be said for some of the simpler, earlier books in Star Trek history. And some of those are even hard to find. Used bookstores or places online should have them, but a lot of most of them are out of print, I believe. But Thanks again for the review. Oh, I meant to say when we were covering kind of Star Trek news and that, that there is a uh, some dates for the Star Trek fan films that I've followed uh, have finally come out. The The biggest one, I feel, is uh, Star Trek New Voyages, the new or the next uh, chapter, next episode in that saga uh, called World Enough in Time. Excuse me, World Enough and Time has an official premiere date. They say it's going to be coming out now on August 23rd. They have uh, this information up, of course, at uh, newvoyages.com, and you can also find it at Trek Today, the article on on these release dates. They've got uh, Blood and Fire, which is their uh, next installment after that, has wrapped up uh, photography. They wrapped up on June 10th, and that'll come out sometime I would guess by the end of the year, maybe sometime around the holidays. Uh, that's a guess, though. They don't have an official release date for that one. It looks like there's another series called uh, Dark Armada, another fan film series that's coming out. I will try to link that in the show notes. It looks like it's just uh, darkarmada.nl. Not sure where that's located, NL. 
Netherlands, perhaps? I'm not sure. Uh, but that's uh, they're doing a show called Nightfall, which is going to begin shooting in July, and Dwight Schultz, who played Barkley, is involved with that one. So lots of cool things happening on the Star Trek fan film scene, and I'll try to keep you posted on the upcoming events uh, in those areas. You're listening to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast, starring my friend... Rico. Okay, let's start the uh, discussion and review of uh, the Star Trek Voyager episode flashback. This episode uh, was the uh, only the second one in the beginning, early beginning of the third season for Star Trek Voyager. It first was shown on uh, September 11th, uh, 1996. So. You know, more than uh, 10 years ago. Gosh, that's hard to believe right now. Voyager doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But this uh, this is a very interesting episode. It really features uh, a good performance uh, by Tim Russ playing uh, the character of Tuvok. And basically what it starts out is uh, Tuvok has this sort of weird memory, repressed memory that pops up of him. Uh, there's a little girl hanging over a sort of a, a deep chasm, and Tuvok's holding her, and she slips and falls but the odd thing about all this situation is Tuvok has no, um, when he sort of snaps out of this uh, situation, he doesn't really remember this memory. It doesn't, it doesn't really, even though he's seeing this in his mind, he doesn't recall this event of ever happening to him. But the cool thing I feel is about this episode is that it, it features uh, our, our buddy Mr. Sulu, George Takei, as uh, captain of the Excelsior, which is a lot of fun and cool to see. You also have some other guest stars in this uh episode uh you have grace lee whitney janice rand who was also aboard the excelsior and uh also uh, an appearance by our our klingon kang who was uh first seen back in the classic uh tos episode uh day of the dove so lots of neat things going on in this episode and i thought it would be a fun one to cover so let's start out with the uh, the clip. I've got about ten. Uh, this one, I, I was very tempted to do a whole, you know, cover the episode and talk about it as it plays because there's a lot of good things in here. This was one of those that uh, I had a hard time just pulling out a small number of clips. There's a lot of good stuff here, a lot of good lines and, and dialogue being uh, thrown around. Uh, I think the overall, uh, you know, overall plot to this episode is 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 kind of interesting. It's a little contrived. You know, you, you got to be really honest about it. it it's, it's basically, uh, they set up a fairly, uh, at the end of it, a, a kind of a complicated event that happens in order for them to go back in time and show show uh, Tuvok when he was serving aboard the Excelsior. They, they tried to avoid the whole time travel thing, a holodeck thing. You know, they tried to come up with a new twist on it. So I have to hand it to them that they, they managed to do that. Uh, this one was written by Brandon Braga who uh, is, uh, you know, not always the most uh, favorite of the writers and executive producers that worked on Star Trek with people. But I, I completely think the guy has a lot of talent. I think he wrote some excellent episodes, and I think this is an enjoyable one. This movie, or this, uh, I almost said movie, this episode was also directed by David Livingston, a, a solid director for, for Star Trek and he does a good job here. So let's listen to this first clip. This is kind of the obligatory captain's log, what's going on. Uh, starts out uh, early in the episode. Captain's log, Stardate 50126.4. We have detected a gaseous anomaly that contains ceruleum, a highly combustible and versatile energy source. We've altered course to investigate. Ceruleum? Yes, and possibly large amounts of it. If so, we're going to need to stockpile as much as we can. I'd like to convert storage bay three into a containment chamber. My pantry. I'm sorry, Neelix. You're going to have to make other arrangements. Yeah, there's uh, Ethan Phillips as Neelix, one of the most fun characters on Star Trek Voyager, I think. And, of course, Kate Mulgrew as Captain Catherine Hepburn Janeway. She just, I think I've said it before, she sounds so much like Catherine Hepburn sometimes. It's, it's, it's amazing, so... But this kind of, you know, they're, they're seeing this weird gaseous phenomenon out there. And, and the, the first part, I didn't catch the clip, but the early part in the episode um, is Neelix trying to make a special little breakfast for, uh, as he calls a Mr. Vulcan. He calls uh, 
Tuvok that all the time. They kind of have an interesting relationship, and I like that. I, the, you know, the rapport between the characters on Voyager, I think, was, was very well done. I, I think they were uh, a, a pretty tight-knit group of actors and characters on the show. You know, all the series sort of became that. Uh, they did that with Deep Space Nine. They did that with Next Generation, uh, with Enterprise, uh and, you know, one, that's one of the, you know, sad things about Enterprise. I thought the relationships between the characters really started to to kind of shine and meld together, you know, just to, when the show was was ending, which was unfortunate. Uh, it's, um, it's one of the things I, I feel the best and the most strongly about as far as all the Star Trek series is the relationships. Uh, and even the Duster mentioned it in the, his uh, book review there. You know, the, the relationships, the stories are cool. They're out in space, flying around in ships shooting phasers, raising shields, having good times. But it's the characters, to me, that's always kept me coming back to Star Trek. And uh, that, I think, is uh, what makes it uh, last as long as it has. You know, there are are people that really love the space battles and the Enterprise and the ships and the technical aspects. But I think over the long haul, it's the characters like Kirk, Spock, McCoy, you know, Tuvok, Janeway. It's it's all the, you know, Captain Picard, Data. I mean, just very very strongly developed characters i mean i was thinking about this the other day i've tried to watch some of these other summer shows and when i you know watch a tv show for the first time or see the first few episodes i play this little game where do i remember the characters names and it seems kind of silly but you you can watch some tv shows these days and the, the characters just all sort of seem kind of i don't know they they don't seem very strong they seem kind of wishy-washy they don't they're not clearly defined it, it's it's hard to to sort of identify with them and, and get into their skin, kind of, I guess. I don't know if I'm explaining myself well on this point, but, uh, again, the opposite for me for Star Trek, where it was always easy to, to get into the characters and know what they were all about and kind of know how they'd act in certain situations. So just a little bit of an aside there. The next uh, This next clip isn't that long after the last one that I'm going to play. This is uh, Tuvok starting to see this vision for the first time, this uh, flashback memory, and he's uh, on the bridge. I'm picking up a lot of plasmatic turbulence in there. It might be a bumpy ride. Tuvok, can you modify the shields to compensate? <laughs> Tuvok. Are you all right, Lieutenant? I don't know. I'm experiencing dizziness and disorientation. Permission to go to sickbay. Granted. Deck five. So Tuvok, he keeps seeing uh, over and over in this episode this this vision of this girl, which he doesn't really recall, uh, in trouble when he was a, a, a small boy. And but he's he's having trouble figuring out you know if that really happened, how it happened, and so forth. So good stuff. Uh, Tuvok, uh, the character, you know, first time uh, that a a full Vulcan was ever featured as a regular in a Star Trek series. You know, of course, uh, Mister Spock always everyone knows. Uh, the fans and the Star Trek people out there know that Spock was a half-human, half-Vulcan, which which made him a very interesting character, always struggling with that uh, emotional side of his uh, his psyche. And, but Tuvok here, we've got a straight Vulcan, uh, played by Tim Ross, and I think he takes a lot of cues from Leonard Nimoy. I think he's he does a very good job as playing the first real complete Vulcan aboard a uh, Star Trek uh, series or aboard a Starfleet vessel in Voyager. The relationship he has with Janeway, too, is important and is really brought out in this episode. Uh, they have a lot of history together. They've served together for a while, and, and they trust each other, and that becomes kind of important here. The next one is, uh, this is a fun clip, I think, coming up. This is uh, Tuvok's gotten to himself to sickbay, and the doctor's kind of examining him. Robert Picardo as, uh, as the doctor, the holographic doctor aboard Voyager, really really neat idea i have to i have to hand it to the people that created new star trek series and new episodes i mean you know over the years people said that the star trek series sort of declined and they started to run out of ideas but when they created each series i I just think they did a great job uh you know they 
they really created some unique and different characters, and they really tried not to make, uh, you know, copies of, of previous characters. They really tried to define them, and it's uh, it, it shows itself very well here. Uh, the character of the Doctor, you know, he's kind of, uh, as even though he's a computer hologram, he, he's probably one of the most human characters on the show. He's got a lot of quirks, and he, he doesn't really hide his, his personal feelings for things, and it, he's really, really well done with... Uh, the acting by uh, Robert Picardo does a great job here. He's also being seen uh, recently on the Stargate show, Stargate SG-1, and well, at least until it went off the air. And I'm, I'm guessing he'll probably pop up on Stargate Atlantis as that show continues. He plays that uh, uh, Woolsey character who's sort of this government guy that always basically comes in and tells the Stargate people they can't do this or they can't do that. So, But anyway, here's Tubac. Uh, Tubac. <laughs> Tupac, no, uh, Tuvok and the doctor in sickbay. I don't recall the incident. Well, it was definitely a traumatic episode. Your heart rate accelerated to 300 beats per minute. Your adrenaline levels rose by 113%. And your neuroelectrical readings nearly jumped off the scale. If you were human, I'd say you had a severe panic attack. I am not human. No kidding. I don't know what happened to you, but there can be any number of explanations. Hallucination... Telepathic communication from another race, repressed memory, momentary contact with a parallel reality. Take your pick. The universe is such a strange place. I'll have Mr. Kim examine the sensor logs. Maybe our proximity to the nebula is affecting you somehow. In the meantime, Lieutenant, you are free to go. All of your vital signs have returned to normal, and I don't see any residual systemic damage. But I want you to wear this neurocortical monitor in case you have another episode... It'll record a complete encephalographic profile and alert sickbay at the same time. A wise precaution, Doctor. Thank you. Yeah, isn't that a lot of fun there? Picardo uh, does a great job. The you know Somebody says something like, the universe is such an interesting place, and throws out all those ideas about what could be affecting Tuvok. It, it's, uh, well, he's got, what has he got? The, like the knowledge of every Starfleet doctor or medical person that's ever uh, lived in uh, in his uh, data banks and and has reference to so he's he's got a lot of knowledge there and it it, uh, it really shows and helps out and and Kess is there acting as a nurse and that in this and that was an unfortunate situation with Voyager I, I thought when I first heard about the character of Kess as this young Ocampan you know that had uh, a very limited lifespan I thought it was a very interesting idea you know everyone's used to characters. Uh, you know, and actors, well, humans on Star Trek and even aliens having at least 100 years to live or more, uh, you know, Vulcans living much longer, that kind of thing, Klingons the same. So to bring a character, a new alien aboard that only lived a very, very short lifespan was, was rather unique, but I think they re- that was one real big missed opportunity on Voyager. Uh, unfortunately, they re- never really got a chance to explore that with her character, I think. But, uh, so let's move on. The what, what happens throughout this episode is there's a, um, Tuvok decides that if he mind melds with someone, he could sort of get to what this memory is all about, what's going on. And this is what creates the situation of getting them to uh, see these scenes aboard the Excelsior with uh, Sulu. And, uh, of course, the person he picks to meld with is uh, Captain Janeway because she's probably closest to him as a friend. He trusts her and that kind of thing. Well, this clip by is the... You know, him asking her to do this for him. And, well, let me play it. Did the doctor explain the situation to you? Yes. Tuvok, are you sure it's the right thing to do? I don't know how else to proceed. The doctor tells me that this is a memory. And yet, no matter how hard I try, I cannot remember. If the doctor is correct, if this is an experience I pushed into my unconscious mind... It could be very dangerous to me, even life-threatening. I realize it's asking a great deal of you, Captain. And I did consider turning to one of the Vulcans on the ship. But this meld would be more intimate than most. A family member is normally chosen because of the implicit trust that usually exists. On this ship, I trust you more than anyone else. Yeah, nice, nice scene there. Very serious, uh, and, and really brings out the trust between Tuvok and Janeway. 
they've served together for a long time, like I said earlier, and the the trust that's built between them is is pretty obvious. Uh, good good stuff there. the The scenes aboard the Excelsior are really cool. That you know they they were able to pull together uh, sets and really recreate a lot of what was shown in the Undiscovered Country in the in the sixth Star Trek movie and got the actors and, and characters back, and it looks great, I think. And then they show a couple other scenes even off the bridge, with um, especially with uh, Grace Lee Whitney's character Janice Rand, who serves uh, aboard the Excelsior with Sulu. So neat stuff, fun to see, and uh, really it, it, it's always nice when they kind of do these episodes where they kind of are able to connect things that have happened on either connect things between the various Star Trek series or connect things from the series to the movies. I like how they pull that stuff together. And, again, Brandon Braga, I think, does a good job with creating a very unique twist in order to do that. This isn't just, you know, Excelsior is thrown forward in time or Voyager is thrown back in time. It's this virus thing that's actually working on Tuvok that's that's bringing these memories back to him. And, you know, doing the mind meld with Janeway enables her to get in there and also for the audience then to see it. So, cool, cool idea. The next clip, though, is this is once we get into uh, Tuvok's mind, I guess you could say, and they're experiencing some of his memories aboard Excelsior, which uh, they're, well, I won't I won't talk too much more about it as we get to it, but there, it's an interesting time in Tuvok's life and not really necessarily the most happiest of times either. So here's the clip. See you that conduit! Hull breach on deck 12, section 47. We've lost power on decks 5, 6, and 10. Casualty reports coming in. 19 wounded. Tuvok, can you see me? Yes. Where are we? My first deep space assignment aboard the Excelsior. Why did you bring us here? I did not intend to. Can you take us to the precipice? The girl. That is precisely what I attempted to do. There must be some reason why your mind brought us here. Maybe this memory is connected to the girl in some way. How long ago is this? Stardate 9521, approximately 80 years ago. Who are you fighting? The Klingons. Klingons? Before you collapsed in engineering, you thought we were approaching Klingon space. Why are you fighting the Klingons? This battle was precipitated by an incident that took place three days earlier. There's what there's one fun thing, and I'm not sure I captured this on audio for any of these other clips. So I'll just mention it. One fun thing I like in this episode is Janeway uh, sort of gets nostalgic for the early days of Starfleet and the days that uh, you know Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and uh, the those times that uh, you know when the technology wasn't quite as sophisticated it is in her her era aboard the Voyager are that uh, a lot of uh, things that Kirk, Spock, and the rest of the early Starfleet crews had to do back then, they had to use their best judgment. The, there were a lot of violations of the Prime Directive, a lot of, a lot of disobeying orders, and uh, as, as she would say, you know, there was a lot of uh, kind of shotgun diplomacy going on and a lot of, uh, you know, sort of a romantic time to a degree, you know, kind of like what I think people think about these days occasionally. They'll think about the days of the Old West and, you know, traveling by horse across the country, and you know, it's even though for people that lived through those times, it was it was a very rough. And I certainly wouldn't want to. You know, I I love horses and I like horseback riding, but I don't think I'd want to be living out in the middle of the prairie somewhere with uh, some very very thin wood between me and a you know a tornado that swept by or a thunderstorm or whatever. I like uh, having some modern conveniences, so. But anyway, you know what I mean. The There are some scenes here that she talks to, I, I think it's Ensign Kim, about this a little bit uh, when they're talking about the situation. So I just thought I'd mention that uh, it's it's a fun thing to uh, to think about, and they, they mention that in this episode a few times. The next clip, though, this is, uh, this is kind of fun. I like how they did this next scene. They, uh, if you remember in, uh, in the Star Trek VI movie and the Undiscovered Country, when the Excelsior first uh, hits that shock wave, Sulu has this cup of tea that sort of bounces off uh, this little pedestal in front of his chair, which uh, is the early edges of this shock wave from Praxis dis- being destroyed or being, you know, having this explosion go off. Not really being destroyed, excuse me, having this big explosion going off and messing up the uh, 
the area around them and sending out a shockwave through space, and the Excelsior has to sort of fly through that. Well, this cup of tea is actually something that Tuvok makes for uh, his captain. To uh, They have, uh, you know, people think that he's trying to sort of curry favor with Sulu, even though all he is, he has the most, you know, honorable, he's a Vulcan, he has the most, of course, honorable intentions. He's just trying to do something, you know, for his captain, something nice, but with no, you know, there's a joke here that Sulu says something like, uh, wow, this is really good tea, I'll have to give you a promotion. And, and Tuvok doesn't understand that. He doesn't quite get it. You know, humor and Vulcans don't always mix. And it's a great scene. So listen to this. Outstanding. I may have to give you a promotion. That was not my motivation, Captain. I am not attempting to curry favor with you in any way. <laughs> Mr. Tuvok, if you're going to remain on my ship, you're going to have to learn how to appreciate a joke. And don't tell me Vulcans don't have a sense of humor, because I know better. I will work on it, sir. Very good. And thanks again. He doesn't look anything like his portrait at Starfleet headquarters. In the 23rd century, holographic imaging resolution was less accurate. This is a science station, isn't it? Yes. I am one of several junior science officers. Tuvok, why doesn't your service record reflect any of this? I thought your first assignment was aboard the Wyoming. It's a long story, Captain, but suffice it to say, this was my first Starfleet career. I was 29 years old. So what's happening? Are we about to encounter the Klingons? Not exactly. The Klingon moon Praxis is about to explode. Praxis? During this period, it was the primary source of energy for the Klingon homeworld. Praxis. Yes. Its destruction would have lasting repercussions throughout the quadrant, and it led to the first Federation Klingon peace treaty. That is correct. Yeah, fun, uh, fun scene there. Uh, Tuvok making tea for the captain. There was another uh, scene before that where he's talking to uh, uh, Rand about it. Uh, Grace Lee Whitney's character, and you know she's the one that kind of really teases him about you trying to get a promotion. You've only been here a short time. You're making tea for the captain. So good, good stuff. The next, uh, this next clip again is another one that I uh, enjoy quite a bit. Uh, this is uh, very important. Shows Sulu's character. Uh, George really has a great time in this episode, and it shows uh, playing uh, playing Captain Sulu, which uh, I think he he just got a really big kick out of doing this episode. He never he got to do, of course, some of this in the Undiscovered Country, but quite a bit more, I think, in this episode of uh, Voyager, which happened, you know, about five years after the Undiscovered Country came out. So, so listen to this clip uh, about uh, Tuva. It's between pretty much between Tuvok again and Sulu about loyalty and what it means to, you know, friends, what what friends mean to uh, Sulu. So here you go. I'm sorry about this, Captain. I assure you it will not happen again. Ensign, you're absolutely right. But you're also absolutely wrong. You'll find that more happens on the bridge of a starship than just carrying out orders and observing regulations. There is a sense of loyalty to the men and women you serve with. A sense of family. Those two men on trial, I served with them for a long time. I owe them my life a dozen times over. And right now they're in trouble, and I'm going to help them. Let the regulations be damned. Sir, that is the most illogical line of reasoning. You better believe it. Helm, engage. I was uh, I was kind of thinking about the uh, time when uh, when George uh, was sort of petitioning, and there was a lot of talk about uh, doing a uh, well, at least on his end and some fans' end of creating a whole TV series uh, with the character of Sulu aboard the Excelsior, and it's it's kind of fun to think about. You know, that this is uh, you know back in the era of the movies, uh, really, you know, they never except in the movies the 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 earlier Star Trek movies with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and the TOS crew, they didn't really explore that era very much in a series. You know, they, they had their group of movies they did, but there was a lot of room. You know, that was, uh, you know, you're probably in, in the neighborhood of 20, 30 years or so-ish past uh, the time of TOS, and uh, it would have been a cool idea to create a series around that era with Sulu or even, or even another crew and another captain, so... Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll do that someday. 
this uh, next clip, this is a little bit more about Tuvok's past and his time uh, in relationship to what happened and things that happened aboard uh, Excelsior. Uh, it gives you a lot of insight to his early career, things you may not realize uh, except that, that are brought out in this episode. Uh, that he was, you know, he's about 100-plus years old, 110-ish or so aboard Voyager. 80 years ago, he was on the Excelsior, but he also left Starfleet for quite a many, uh, quite a few years. And Well, here, let, let's let you uh, listen to what he has to say about that. What did you do during those 50 years? I returned to Vulcan, where I spent several years in seclusion, immersing myself in the Kulinar a rigorous discipline intended to purge all emotions. I wanted to attain a state of pure and total logic. What happened? Unfortunately, six years into my studies, I began the pon far. I took a mate. To Bill? Yes. We decided to raise a family together, so I chose to postpone my studies. And what brought you back to Starfleet? Raising children of my own made me appreciate what my parents experienced raising me. I came to realize that the decisions I made as a young man were not always in my best interest. I understood their decision to send me to the Academy, and that there were many things I could learn from humans and other species. So I decided to expand my knowledge of the galaxy. Starfleet provided that opportunity. You know, one thing, uh, in listening to that again, after seeing it and watching it once more uh, when I collected the clips, I'm kind of... I think I'm really reminded of uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture and Spock's uh, journey in that movie. You know, if you remember, he's on Vulcan in the early part of that movie trying to do the Colinar, you know, dance and thing and purge all that nasty emotion out of himself. And then, of course, he has this whole this whole adventure with V'ger and this very cold, logical, um, you know, probe that's been advanced by aliens out there and he realizes, you know, Spock has sort of an epiphany in that movie where he realizes logic is not the end-all, be-all of the universe and that there's more to learn. And Tuvok, again, it's sort of a parallel thing here where he's on Vulcan doing that, raising, and then raising Colinar and then raising a family. And he also realizes that having this narrow viewpoint of staying away from other species, humans especially, and not kind of getting out there and getting your feet wet and exploring the galaxy really narrows your viewpoint and, and makes you, you know, kind of less less of a person. And I, I kind of have been feeling like that a little bit in the last few months, too. I've been taking these trips overseas, seeing a lot of different things, uh, you know, kind of pushing my, my knowledge of uh, the world. And it really opens your eyes. I've got uh, the potential to go back again in the near future to Taiwan. I'm probably going to be taking a trip to Europe next summer. So it's uh, I, I really urge everyone to get out there and see as much of you know whatever country they live in the world. It, it just like kind of Tuvok said there, it's it's it really can uh, give you a different perspective on things. And I think it's uh, I think I'd I'd like to send frankly I'd like to send some politicians. Oh, let's not get political on Trucks and Sci-Fi, but I'd like to send everyone if I could on a sort of a six or seven country trip around the world and show them what what the world is really all about and uh well let, that's all i'm going to say about that let's get back to the episode let's get back to flashback yeah uh here's another cool thing about this episode that i had forgotten about until i watched it again to collect the clips kang shows up in this episode our our good old buddy the klingon kang shows up on this uh in a klingon ship that the excelsior runs into uh, sort of blocks their way as they're trying to make their way to save uh Kirk and McCoy, uh, Kang shows up. It's pretty funny. This is a nice clip between an exchange uh, with Kang on his ship uh, doing a little uh, teleconference over the viewer with uh, Captain Sulu. So listen to this. We're being hailed, Captain. On screen. Mr. Sulu, I see they have finally given you the captaincy you deserve. Thank you, Kang. Do not let it end prematurely. Kang... We've been on a survey mission studying this nebula. Our navigation system malfunctioned, and I'm afraid we got lost. As soon as we've completed repairs, we'll be on our way. We'd be happy to escort you back to Federation space. Very generous of you, but we can manage. I insist. Actually, an escort would be welcome. We'd hate to lose our way again. Bring your ship about. 
Bearing 181 Mark II. Nice to see you again, Kang. Yeah, fun, fun scene there, Michael, uh, Michael and Sarah. I'm not sure if you say how they say is and Sarah on Sarah. Uh, playing Kang again uh, from uh, the early days of TOS, uh, who when he played him on the third season episode Day of the Dove. So good stuff there. He also reprised that role on uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine of an episode that I covered actually. So we will uh, continue. This is just about wrapping things up uh, now. The um, the next clips are, uh, this is in sickbay after the virus uh, thing has been worked out. This kind of gives you the, you know, lets you know what all happened. There's this virus that, there was this uh, other character called Valtane on Excelsior that he gets killed uh, when uh, the Excelsior is hit by the Klingon ship. His council explodes and Tuvok goes over to him and a virus somehow comes, uh, leaves Valtane and is uh, kind of in, you know, spreads to Tuvok, kind of jumps uh, from Valtain to Tuvok, and this causes this weird memory repression. This virus sort of lives in Tuvok's, Tuvok, Tuvok's brain all these years, and that the doctor is able to destroy it. So listen to the clip. It's clearly a viral parasite of some kind, but its origin and genome classification are not on record. We were able to kill it using Thoron radiation. What do you know about it? The virus thrives on peptides generated in the brain. It evades the body's immune system by disguising itself as a memory engram. Apparently, the parasite used the childhood memory of the fallen girl as camouflage. Creating a false memory so traumatic that the mind would repress it. And that's where it would live, in person after person, hiding in a part of the brain that the conscious mind would want to avoid at all costs. When it sensed the death of the host, it would leave to find another. That's why it migrated from Valtain to me. What about the girl? Did she ever really exist, or did the organism invent the memory? Memory is a tricky thing. If it was a real event, it's been buried and copied and twisted so many times, there's no way to tell what really happened. Thank you, Doctor. Okay, I just noticed uh, we're getting a little tight for time here, so I'm going to speed the the last clip up. This last one is just at the very end of the episode with um, Janeway and Tuvok walking down the hall talking about the events and... Uh, a little bit about the the past and his uh, Starfleet career. So this will be the last clip, and then I'll be right back. I'm curious. Did the Excelsior ever save Kirk and McCoy? Not directly. We were forced to retreat back to Federation space. As usual, Captain Kirk provided his own means of escape. But we did play a pivotal role at the subsequent battle at Kittimer. Mr. Tuvok, if I didn't know you better, I'd say you missed those days on the Excelsior. On the contrary, I do not experience feelings of nostalgia. But there are times when I think back to those days of meeting Kirk, Spock, and the others. And I am pleased that I was part of it. In a funny way, I feel like I was a part of it too. Then perhaps you can be nostalgic for both of us. have uh this week and my take on the star trek voyager episode flashback cool episode early in the third season uh really fun to see all that uh, i think they really packed that episode with a lot of neat things and the look at this episode though would not be at all nearly complete if we didn't have a, a father and son review of flashback from our friends the moyers so here you go with that this is nathan wait it's the other way around <laughs> I don't care. I can do it the other way. This is Nathan. And this is Rick. And this is the the Father and Son Review. Review. Well, today we are excited about you reviewing episode number 44 of Voyager, Flashback. Flashback's one of my favorite all-time Voyager episodes, and mostly because we get to see a continuation or a little bit more behind the scenes on Star Trek VI. Yes. The Undiscovered Country. Yes, Captain. I mean... I'm the captain. Captain Sulu. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, save, oh. save it till the end because oh, you're going to okay. do your imitations. Okay, what are some of your favorite things, Nathan, about the episode flashback? Well, my favorite things is we were able to see, obviously, Sulu. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the old uniforms again from yeah. the old from, from the movies. Yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. We also got to see the Excelsior. That was awesome. That was very, very cool. I liked that ship, and it was just it was just awesome to see it again. And they had Transwarp or that something that they made up for one movie. That's right, that's right Captain. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, of course, who else did we get to see from the older series? Yeoman Rand. Of course, now she's not Yeoman anymore. I think she was the communications officer. Or the commander, I think. I can't remember. Yeoman. But uh, anyway. She sucked. You really thought so? Yeah, she sucked. Well, she was really cool, but she just didn't act. Her acting very... skills obviously declined with her age. Yeah. Well, she didn't really. She wasn't that great back then either. She but... was. Well, wait, sorry, help. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, Beverly. <laughs> Beverly. Um, let me see. What else did you like about this one? Th- you know, a little information, background information on this episode. It was actually, it was number 44, but it was in honor of the 30th anniversary of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And that's why they did that thing. And I guess originally uh, Uhura was going to be on it, Michelle Nichols, but uh, she declined the offer and did well, not Well, she wasn't on, on the, the original show. class, or, or the original episode either. The, Are you sure? Number six, she wasn't on the Excelsior when that happened. So she'd obviously have to be on the view screen or something. No, no, uh, yeah, I guess it was, yeah, they told what scene it was that she was going to play. And if you get the novel of the book, they have a novelization of the book, or of this episode, she's actually in it. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Okay, so it was interesting too, I thought, that we could, we saw some interesting mental things going on with the Vulcans since they're such a cerebral race that there was like this thing going on with Tuvok and they had to correct it and that's why this whole thing was able to flash back and stuff. And it was kind of neat to see some backstory from Tuvok too. Okay, so uh, we're not going to do it. Oh, we also got to see the Klingon. Oh, uh, yeah. We got to see the, the Klingon from the old series. Was it was it Khan? No, not Khan. Not Khan. That's Kang. Kang. I'm sorry, Kang. Khan. Kang, Khan. Khan. You say tomato, I Kang. say tomato. Kang. Anyway, okay. Yeah. And then uh, you're going to do some impressions because we don't have any other celebrity sightings. So, ladies well, and gentlemen. the whole original cast from that movie was on it. But yeah, that was cool to see them anyway. all. But we're rambling now and we got to get done. So, why don't you, as we close out, before we close, why don't you give us a couple of impressions? You, you have to talk to me like Tuvok and I'll talk like, you know, who. Uh, okay, who? Okay, I'm doing two. The, the guy. Okay, Sulu. all right. Okay, you're gonna, this is your impression <clears throat> of Sulu. Are you ready? Captain, I have made you some tea. This tea is amazing, Tuvok. I like it a lot. In fact, you should call me Captain Tuvok. No, I'm Sulu, but you should call me Captain. Okay, and then your imitation also is, uh, let's see, okay, you're walking to the mess hall, and, and I'll, I'll say, Hello. Excuse me, I do not recognize you. You are not in correct uniform. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, stop. I am... Commander Rand. <laughs> I, don't I am a great actress. Okay, stop, stop. I don't make tea. I make coffee. Okay, stop. Stop. How many stars? Excuse me, Captain. Okay, stop oh, it. Sorry. How many stars? I give, do you it, gi- I give it four. Out of five? Yeah, four out of five. I'm going to give this one my four and a half stars because it's one of my all-time favorites. It's only Rand. She made it half a star less. Yes, that's right. Okay, anyway. So there you go. That's the Father, Father and Son, Son Review. review. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Rick and Nathan. As always, a very excellent uh, take on this week's episode flashback. Yeah, I was uh, I'd forgotten about a couple of those other things. I'd forgotten about that it was this was sort of an an honor of the 30th anniversary of Trek. You know, yes, it did come out in 1996, so that would be 30 years. Yeah, that was very cool. I'd forgotten about that. I never heard about the Uhura part though. I uh, I didn't read the novelization of this. I remember when they did put out a book form of the episode, but I didn't realize that Nichelle Nichols was ever uh, contacted or uh, possibly going to be in this episode. But that's cool, I, and uh, thanks a lot for the impressions, too. Always fun to hear people talking like George. You know, he's got such a distinctive voice. He, I was listening to another podcast uh, called um, This Week in Tech, uh, just recently, it might have been the very last uh, podcast that they put out, or it might have been the one before that, last week's or the week before, but really cool uh, computer and tech podcast and news, but they had a guy on there who did a, a great George Takei impression. I mean, this guy was spot on. He did it He did it perfectly. It was amazing. So, Nathan, uh, keep up the impressions. Really, really fun. Well, guys, that's, that's going to do it for this week. I am not going to cover any collectibles this week. I did have one or do have a new one that I got about a week ago. Uh, it's a Star Wars collectible. I'll kind of give you a little bit of a sneak pre- peek or a, a preview. I'm going to cover it. I'll do it next uh, next time on next week's show. So, And I will be putting up on the website and announcing on the forums and all that, uh, which, again, check out the forums. If you like the podcast, you'll like the forums, so check them out. Go to treksf.com or treksinsci-fi.com to find out more. Uh, again, as always, the email for the show, treksf at gmail.com. The voicemail number, 206 
is a way to get a hold of me and send in your comments about any movies, TV shows you've enjoyed, books, whatever, records, I don't care, send it in. So, uh, and actually, I'm going to go see a movie this afternoon. I think I'm going to go see that new Die Hard movie, you know, see some more John McClane, Bruce Willis. Always, always a good time at the movies. And we've got Transformers coming out this week. I'm sure I'll talk about that on next week's podcast. Going to be seeing that. And it, this week, it's the 4th of July. And Rico might be getting a new car. So lots of stuff going on this week. Uh, I will talk to everyone. I may even, for the 4th of July, uh, may try to slip a special little podcast in for that day. Uh, not sure yet. Depends on what goes on. And uh, I've got some things to do, but I will try to do that. So we may have a little midweek special show, celebrate the 4th together, Star Trek style and, and sci-fi style. But if I don't, I, I will uh, see everyone and talk to everyone. Don't really see everyone, but talk to everyone next time, next week's show. So until then, hope you've enjoyed this week. Thanks so much for listening, and I appreciate it always. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye for now. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. You said don't talk fast, so that's how you show excitement. All right, talking. talk a little faster. Okay. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.